This is Back to Debbie, a podcast brought to you by Campus to Canton. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. This show specializes in collegiate players transitioning to the NFL. And in this week's episode, we will be reacting to the spring games. We had our second round of spring games. We will also be doing a NFL prop challenge between the two of us. And with the 2023 NFL draft around the corner, we will be doing one last mock. Well, no, that's a lie. We're not doing one last mock draft, but we are doing a mock draft before the draft. We will be doing the news. We are officially done with the 2023 draft profiles. But before we get into the news, I owe some people, the listeners, contributors to Campus Canton, an apology. Corey, please cue the music. I, Mike Valerie, received messages not through Twitter DMs, but through the company Slack. The last thing I ever want to do is spread misinformation. Last week, I made the honest mistake of giving one Felix Sharp credit for hyping up a player when others were already doing it before him. I was corrected, and I do remember once I was corrected that Alfred, head of the recruiting team, was actually very early on Justice Haynes. He was the first one to have him as RB1. And others let me know that they had him as RB2 as whatever, you know, as well. So, you know, whatever. But let me get back to my apology. Felix, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ever attempted to give you credit. I should have known better. That doesn't fly here. Alfred, I know you don't consume our content, but you know that I praise and appreciate the work the recruiting team puts in. And to Matt... Maybe I just assumed since a player wasn't sub 190 pounds that he wouldn't scratch your top 35 running backs, but I will do better. I'm sorry. And finally to Austin, who who I look up to as a mentor, I'm sorry. I did not mean to tarnish the campus to can reputation. Please forgive me. All right, Corey and the music. Let's go on to the spring games. Why don't you start us off here? Yeah, so I just wanted to give a quick update on some of the transfer portal news as well before we got into the spring games. We've got three big names that kind of entered over the past week. We've got Tyler Buckner out of Notre Dame, quarterback there. He's lost after, I mean, he's entered the uh, the portal after losing this, the uh, quarterback battle there, I guess, at um, Notre Dame. We'll kind of get into that a little bit more when we touch on their spring game coming up here shortly. And also from Notre Dame, Lorenzo Styles. Uh, wide receiver there was said to be playing some DB last week. Um, he is in the portal now, said to be wanting to stick to defensive back. So this guy could be completely off the Debbie radar for all we know in a few weeks, depending on what he depends on doing with his career. And uh, Jordan Tyson, kind of an exciting freshman there for Colorado last year, um, enters the transfer portal as well. Kind of a max exodus of guys leaving Colorado now. Anybody who wasn't there um, before Deion Sanders got there, kind of leaving upwards, like 30 guys are in the portal right now. It's it's a little bit crazy over there right now. Um, so we'll see where he ends up. Still an interesting guy, could still find his way somewhere else, but still recovering off that AC as well um, from last year. So with the spring games coming off as well, a lot of programs are finishing up their, uh, their spring practices, but we do have a couple of teams still going. Um, one of those teams is UCLA. Just wanted to give a quick update on the quarterback battle over there. We haven't really given you much news on that. It looks like veteran Ethan Garbers has still been the most consistent quarterback right now, still looking like quarterback one, which is maybe a surprise to some people, but guy who's been in the system knows exactly what Chip Kelly wants, and apparently he's been doing it. Dante Moore has apparently been the second most consistent still, flashed a little, has mainly been the second guy for reps, 
um, still being talked about pretty highly over there. Colin Schlees finally starting to show some improvements. Has essentially moved up to third on the depth chart, I guess, by the way things are looking. Showing a little bit of improvement in accuracy, showing off some of those legs as well. So right now, that's kind of looking like the pecking order right now. And then with the running backs as well, TJ Harden, a, a bit of a favorite over here for my co-host, um, has been looking explosive apparently, while Carson Steele's been dealing with some fumbling issues as well. So maybe a little bit of a battle to watch there. And another team still waiting on... Um, their spring game, Stanford. Just a quick update over here. Um, we haven't heard much about running back EJ Smith since his mysterious injury last year. He's finally practicing in pads and took part in his first 11 on 11 reps last week. So looking like he's going to be a, a big part of the rotation there. And just to let you guys know, we've got a big week coming up uh, coming up here at C2C. Um, we're going to be releasing the Devi Guide on uh, May 1st. So that's going to be hitting. We've been grinding like crazy over this past, this past month, um, really finishing up all the details there. Um, we're going to be doing a live stream during the draft as well. And so if you guys want to check that out, get our initial reactions when everything's happening right live there on the screen. Join in. Come chat with us. You know, there's really never a better time to join Campus to Canton with everything that's going on over there, all the off-season coverage, everything that's coming your way. Um, become an NIL member. You'll get all these guides for free as well. So get on over there, become a member now, and get a leg up on all your league mates. Yeah. So uh... – Spring games. I, I just I have to iterate this before we get into spring games. This is like the NFL. This is the collegiate equivalent to preseason football. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt there. Um, it's really just to confirm some of the offseason stories we've heard. But let's uh, let's get into the spring games. Let's head on over to Alabama. Uh, I watched all 40 minutes of the quote unquote condensed game mm-hmm. <laughs> that was on YouTube. I don't know if you know how long that was. Yeah, um, it was a long one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, None of those QBs look – they didn't look terrible. They didn't look like the normal Alabama standard QBs, though, and it was definitely noticeable. I thought a lot of those balls were, like, underthrown. Um, I know we give a lot of flack to um, – as a company, we give a lot of a lot of flack to, uh, like, Kobe Prentice, but I really thought he was, like, underthrown, like, two, three times on deep balls. And, like, one of them was a really nice interception, too, by the DB, by, by the DB like, at the, like, the four-yard line. But I, I actually was a little bit impressed with uh, Kobe – not Kobe – Excuse me, Kendrick, Kendrick Law. Law. Uh, Kendrick, yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't see his involvement coming. I'm not saying he's a stud, but uh, you know, if I had to list off my top five Alabama guys I'm interested in, he's probably like number five. Yeah, on that list. Um, yeah, what do you think about the Alabama game? No, I uh, I agree with you there. He had some surprising. Um, um, involvement in this game again this wide receiver room is, is so like there's so many names here to kind of be interested in it's kind of hard to to decipher between everybody but I mean all great talents we just kind of kind of see who's going to kind of break out in this room I going to the quarterbacks like I almost thought that both of them had kind of like the same day I think I, I mean in a sense that each were inconsistent each showed flashes and each showed showed uh downside as well like I don't think it was a great day but I don't really think I left thinking anyone really stepped ahead. I think both were fairly safe to start the day. It was a lot of short stuff. Um, I think Miller was probably a little more aggressive down the field, which is just kind of in his nature. He, he loves to throw the ball deep. He loves to shoot for the big play. Ty Simpson was kind of hovering around like the short to intermediate areas um, for the most part. His accuracy was definitely a little better in the short to intermediate areas, whereas like Miller was kind of behind some guys or whatever. But Miller definitely had the better day throwing deep, was a little bit more on target uh, deep as well, and more willing to throw that. Um, I will say Ty Simpson, like from watching him from last year in the spring game to watching him like this year, he looked a lot more comfortable. Looked like, looked like a different guy. A little bit. He looks like he's made some strides. Um, both quarterbacks showed off a little bit of wheels. Like Milrow almost broke that huge run. Um, even Simpson had a, a run here and there. I still think obviously Milrow has the edge there with the legs. He looked a little more sudden, uh, brings a little more thing. You know, I think the whole day can kind of be 
you know, like epitomized in this two minute drill right before the half. Okay. Probably Ty Simpson's best drive of the entire day drives the team all the way down final two minutes of the half down the field, gets in the end, gets in the red zone, throws a brutal red zone pick. Okay. All of a sudden Milro takes over time for his two minute drive. His first pass of the, of, of the series throws a pick back. They, they bring it back to like two yard line. Simpson gets another shot on it back at the two. He can't punch it in. With three attempts, they end up settling for a field goal. Like that whole thing, that whole thing just kind of summarized the day for the quarterbacks. It was flashes and it was downside. It was just, you know, I, I just think, I do think though, without Simpson clearly stepping out ahead in some way, that this is going to be Miller's job. I think he probably offers more big play potential and with his legs and with like his aggressiveness down the field. Yeah. If you had to give, uh, I'm switching over to the freshman now. If you had to give the edge to either one of these freshmen, these freshmen, first off, we're not that involved. It's it's Jalen Hale and it's Justice Jaren Hamilton. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm talking about the, the oh, wide receivers. Oh, wide receivers. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hamilton had a bad drop, uh, which yep. sucked. And then Hale was okay as well. I, I None of them really blew me away. They were minimally involved. It's kind of expected. Uh, for the running backs, though, yeah, uh, Haynes looked really good as a pass catcher. I, I didn't think any of the running backs, except for Chase McClellan, looked good running down the middle. It looked like a lot of like stuff. They, they couldn't push a pile. They couldn't get any contact balance. It's kind of, I'm feeling very good about Chase McClellan be, being the lead running back there for Alabama. Like it's uncontested. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm probably going to bump up my rankings a little bit here. Cause I've been one of the biggest naysayers out here at campus can, but the running game was kind of unimpressive. Uh, the receivers too. It, Corey, if you had to give me your top two Debbie wide receivers, uh, for Alabama right now, who would you say? Oh God! If I had to get my top two on my rankings, it's probably Isaiah Bond and Malik Benson. Yeah, yeah that would be my answer as well. I thought they were both heavily involved. Uh, Benson yeah, like certainly I, I, didn't look like he had any trouble belonging in there. I thought uh, Jermaine Burton had struggled with drops, like quite a bit actually. Yeah, both uh, both Brooks and Burton had some drops, but I will say Jermaine Burton had that fantastic grab, like really late in the game where it was almost out of his reach and he like snatched it out of midair way down the field. I can't remember who threw the pass, but he did kind of make up for it there, but again, same things we're seeing with Burton. Uh, flashing and then taking a step back and then flashing. It's the same guy all the time. Yeah, uh, Jan Miller looked good receiving, not so great as a runner. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with Roy Dell. Um, Justice Haynes looked great as a receiver too. All his running backs look pretty good as a receiver. The only one that good running to me was Chase McClellan. Yeah, I thought it was weird that McClellan didn't touch the field to like the fourth series though, or something. I don't know. Maybe they're just holding back on their yeah, guy was, that they're thinking is the late. top guy. Yeah, I don't. So I don't really understand that. But I'm 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 hoping that it was more of a thing where they're just keeping their fresh their their top guy healthy. Um, Justice Haynes definitely flashed a little bit. Had the three short touchdowns. Um, they were all within like ten to five yard line, so it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't he didn't have a massive flashy game, but he was really good. Like just becoming an outlet. I think that, you know, the, the thing that stuck out to me was they were giving him those high value touches. They liked him in the red zone. Right. And I think if he's, if that's going to be the kind of role he can play, if they're going to keep rotating him in kind of within that red zone or, or in passing down situations, he could be a bigger part of the rotation in year one than we probably expected at the, at the start of the season. I was encouraged by his usage, but I definitely thought it was more of them just preserving Chase McClellan. Yeah, I believe on on um, campus life, Austin said the stat line for Justice Haynes was 10 for 24 and two for running. And mm. that felt pretty accurate watching the game. That felt about right. So, I, again, I don't think anybody here was that great on the ground. The exception of Chase McClellan's like seven touches. I don't know how many yards he got, but he looked like he looked pretty good. 
Yeah, I do. I will give a shout out to as well for Emmanuel Henderson, former five star yes. running back from last year, made an appearance, got a touchdown as well. For, I, can't, I think it was from Simpson, if I'm not mistaken, but made a flash. I don't know. Just another guy to throw in this freaking muddled wide receiver room. Like, if, what if it's just like a wide receiver by committee? Honestly, like I don't uh, even in this game, I don't know how they decide to choose the teams, but it's like, is that were you expecting team one with somebody or what, what are the twos with somebody? Like I couldn't tell. It looked like they were all no. split up. So I really yeah. don't know the pecking order here. <laughs> it just looked like one big mashup. Uh, yeah. Let's head on over to Oklahoma. Uh, I saw the score is pretty wild, Corey. And was it worth watching? Or was it just some weird funky scoring system they had going on out there? It was, it was just one of those where the defense get points for certain things they do. Offense get points for something for, for things they do and stuff like that. So it wasn't really like a, like a scoring, like it, those weren't touchdown points or anything like that. It was just back and forth or whatever. I honestly thought that, you know, uh, the, struggled a little bit warming up like i'm sorry man but dylan gabriel is not good i know that you i know you no, like no, him. I like don't him. stop <laughs> <you>. <laughs> no, okay, okay okay i know you think you like him as a good college quarterback okay but this guy he holds on to the ball forever he's he's generally late on like all his throws he's the kind of guy like just see it open before he throws it you know what i mean so but but regardless i mean, we're not here to focus on him i think the guy we we're probably more interested in was how jackson arnold looked I think, like, unsurprisingly, he kind of looked like a freshman quarterback. I think he had trouble throwing down the field um, besides the late touchdown pass he had. But um, every throw just kind of felt like a quick out or a dump off. He kind of was quick to – if that pressure closed in on him, he was quick to duck his eyes and look for a running outlet right away. Um, he did show off some of those wheels on, like, a. it would have been a 50-yard touchdown run, but it was called back on a touch. So uh, I definitely think – he needs to sit a year. Uh, I, that's going to be a good thing for him to kind of learn this system. He looked a little bit out of place in this game. If I, if I had to give my honest opinion on him um, with the running backs, Gavin Sawchuk did get to start. This is a, I'm going to say this has been a common theme. I think kind of for like the entire preseason, if you will, of college is like the running, the running games just are not getting a lot of push again here. Gavin Sawchuk, not a lot of running room, not a lot of running room for a lot of the guys, but made more noise as a pass catcher, you know, made a, a couple nice uh, catch and runs, got some yards uh, after the catch. Caleb Hicks, a freshman running back over there. He looked pretty comfortable catching the ball as well. Again, though, not much to write home about rushing the ball. Um, with the wide receivers, you know, briefly here again, Jaleel Farouk looks like he's going to be the wide receiver one. He didn't play a ton this game, but when he did was with the first team scored a touchdown on the day, on the day. Only other guy I'd say here to watch out for is Andrell Anthony, um, former Michigan wide receiver who flashed a little bit while he was over there looks to be taking over the starting wide receiver role opposite of Farouk with the first team. So maybe just a name to kind of throw on the radar there. Was there any Keon Brown? I got to ask that. Big Keon Brown fan. I did not notice any Keon Brown, to be honest with you. I might have not watched I just watched the condensed game, but no, uh, his name didn't come up at, uh, very much. Okay. That's for sure. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, yeah. I do want to say this, though. So we saw four of the five top quarterbacks uh, of this freshman class. We saw uh, Nico Malieva. We saw Jackson Arnold. We saw Arch Manning. And now we saw Malachi Nelson. I don't think we're going to see Dante Moore. But out of those four, Corey, which one do you think performed the best? That's a good question. Hmm. That is tough. I would honestly say I think Nico looked the most comfortable in his system. I don't think it was a great day, but he got the ball out fast. He missed a couple throws here and there. He's making quick reads. He he flashed a little bit. Um, I'd say that Nico probably looked the most comfortable in his system, to be honest with you, out of all of them. I think Jackson might have looked the worst the thing with arch manning is i think a lot of the times you watch a texas game he kind of made the right reads maybe he wasn't getting it there fast enough or whatever like there were still some kind of things there to kind of like malachi nelson got a lot of playing time and then like we kind of saw the good and the bad with him um but yeah i think i think i'd go with nico there okay yeah i i think 
I wanted to say Nelson, but I think I was actually going to go with Arch Manning. I think I had the lowest two out of everybody at the site personally. But I, I thought yeah. Arch had some decent pocket awareness. I like the mechanics. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the arm didn't match where the ball was supposed to go. You know, like he just wasn't caught up to how yeah, fast the chemistry was off. Yeah, how fast his players are compared to his high school and just gain speed stuff in general. Um, but no, I, I think we're we're pretty similar there. And I don't think anyone looked terrible either, by the way. Like, no one I was like, dude, who is this guy's guy? Does not belong. Yeah, yeah, group. exactly. Yeah. Each guy showed a little bit of what makes them a five-star quarterback here, really. Yeah. All right. Let's head on over to Minnesota. I watched this one primarily. We had uh I can't say his name, so I'm not gonna butcher it, but his nickname is the Greek rifle, the quarterback there from Athen- Minnesota. Athen- Athlin or Athen Kaliamakis or something like that. Yeah, I was yeah. last name Kaliamakis, but that's an yeah. actor's last name. But uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, his nickname is the Greek Rifle. He was a four star. He had a phenomenal game last year against Wisconsin. And the other games were all very uh, super inconsistent and just a lot of mistakes. But um, the whole rumors behind the scenes for a lot of people from Minnesota was that they're going to open up the passing offense. They just haven't mm-hmm. done that. They've had Mo Ibrahim for six years. Uh, he's moved on. Um, but now we have Zach Evans here. Broke off a massive run in the game. I think it was like a 75-yarder. It was definitely more than 50. Great run. It, it just looks like Zach Evans is the future of the running back core there. And then for wide receiver, uh, I've been a big fan of the transfer wide receiver, Elijah Spencer from UNC Charlotte. But, uh, Corey, I've been, like, keeping this away from people. The news I've been reading was Corey Crooms was kind of, like, leading the pack. Mm-hmm. So seeing uh, Elijah Spencer's involvement in this offense just revitalized my my fandom again for him. But uh, there was a series where where Spencer was uh, targeted like four or five times in a row by uh, the Greek rifle here. So it's still up in the air. And again, like these these are games I, I consider like almost like preseason football for the NFL. But I, I'm still keeping my eye on Elijah Spencer and Corey Crooms to take over the wide receiver core. Uh, I do am excited about the passing offense just to open up. But Zach Evans is my guy at running back for sure there. No, I didn't get a chance to really watch this game too much. I was kind of going to rely on your analysis here. What was the running back rotation? Was it – did Sean Tyler play in this game? I really – I wasn't paying attention too much. Like, I, I watched a little bit. I was rotating through them, so I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I was, I was wondering how it kind of went there. Because, I mean, with the guys who have left there, with the kind of turnover there, it is kind of like up in the air who's going to be the guy kind of carrying the ball in that run-heavy offense. You know, Potts is gone. Right. Ibrahim's gone. Tyler comes in from uh, Western Michigan there. They, the presumed guy, right? But Zach Evans, who knows? Maybe he could kind of come uh, out of nowhere here and, and be a guy we should pay attention to. The Greek rifle there. I've been talking with a guy um, kind of in a chat. One of my buddies um, goes by the Riddler. He's actually in uh, in our chat. Shout out to him. Um, uh, he thinks that there might be some Debbie potential here with this guy. Do you see it? I've kind of gone back and forth with him. I've watched some highlights. I watched some of his games last year as well. I kind of see a very stiff guy, even though he can... They, they say he can move around a little bit. He's definitely got the arm. You can see that. That thing flies out of there. Kind of a longer wind-up, though, too. I don't know. I don't know if I see anything here. Do you see a Devi asset here? No, I, I don't. I would say yeah. the arm talent is there, but as a processor, no. The mechanics, no. Uh, yeah, it just it feels like a little bit worse version of Will Levis, who might be a first-rounder tomorrow, so that's kind of a <laughs> terrible analogy. But, but no, I, I didn't see much there. And, and I think he's going to his fourth year, too. So as far as like his development so far going through college so far, I would say he's behind the ball He's as far as NFL talent goes. So, no, I don't I don't see any Debbie upside here. Maybe like the Minnesotan uh, Joe Milton. 
Yeah, <laughs> just a, yeah. just a big arm and like nothing else, right? So, yeah. Um, let's let's head over to our uh, next one on the list. We've got Notre Dame here. I guess we kind of got our answer for the quarterback battle with Buckner, obviously uh, entering the portal, but we can kind of get into it a little bit here. Um, I will start out by saying with Notre Dame, there wasn't really anything to take away here from a depth chart perspective. They were one of the teams that uh, they held a player's draft and, and guys just chose their team. So there's nothing here really here to take away from who's with ones, who's with twos um, scenario. But, you know, talking about the quarterback, Sam Hartman looked good. All those reports of him struggling to grasp the system, you know, kind of went out the window in this one. This guy's just a gamer. He showed up any game. He's a guy who, who plays well when the lights are on, right? He was accurate. He spread the ball around well, went through his progressions, uh, even ran for a touchdown on an option play. Uh, Tyler Buckner, on the other hand, the guy who transferred out as well now, um, looked like the Buckner we saw last year, struggling to move off his first read, locking onto his targets, uh, lack of awareness in the pockets, leading to some sacks, and a fumble in this one as well. He's he's the type of guy that, with his like physical traits, um, when everything is perfect in a practice setting, I can see how he gets good reports and looks good when everything is going the way it's supposed to, when he knows where he's living the ball. But when the lights come on and you got to make those additional reads, you got to make those ad-lib plays, he really struggles, right? And now we're, we see him enter the portal, um, which is pretty much what everybody expected. But like, honestly, like, I wonder if this guy is going to need to go like the Malik Hornsby route and transfer down to like a G5 school to really get some of that some of that value back for him and see some of those legs come out or whatever like I don't know he's he's a fading Debbie asset to me right now yeah I I saw a super sad super sad post on my way to my laptop to come record this show with you by 24-7 sports and it's it like the headline was breaking down the top two QBs in the portal and it was Tyler Buckner versus Ben Bryant (laughs) (laughs) that's bad that's bad (laughs) Ben Bryant Alabama am I right so yeah um yeah so I, I i'm with you i think he's gonna go to the g5 i think he should if he wants to start i'm not sure if he will though because i think he's got the tools to stick around power five but then we're never gonna really see him hit the field i think he's just gonna be a fading uh disappearing into the night quietly yeah so, some guys have even been talking about alabama i'm like man dude, tyler buckner goes to alabama he's already like third on the depth chart i don't know if he's even better than any of those guys <laughs> over there like honestly um i yeah. will say though over to wide receiver our guy our guy jane greathouse guy that we've kind of been you know recruiting teams have been fading them a little bit in cuc we've kind of stayed a little bit about their guy that we like has some athletic limitations you but better at, you better be sure that they've been fading him. you don't want them to come for you in your dms yeah you i don't know i don't know if they've been fading him I, I should actually check that out but anyways this guy nine or, or ten catches on on the day for over 100 yards i can't i don't really remember remember the exact style line but was definitely a favorite target on the day for for whatever quarterback was throwing him the ball he operated on the slot which i liked i feel like that's a good spot for him you know we, we've talked about the athletic limitations um and we see even in this this performance here he's kind of like a catch and fall guy you know got the ball and didn't really do a lot after the catch but He's a savvy guy, kind of work the middle of the field, find those soft spots in those zones, uh, strong hands to catch through the contract uh, through contact. I think like that big slot role kind of fits in perfectly for this offense. I don't want to talk in definites here, but I do think he was getting faded a little bit. Talking about Jaden Greyhouse, wide receiver freshman year, I'm trying to pull up his rankings. But uh, the main worry is his athleticism. Uh, we're all worried that uh, – we're worried about best case scenario. He might be like a David Bell where we loved everything about mm-hmm. him. And then at the NFL level, like he just, I don't, I don't really know. I can't really speak. It's only been one year or so, but it, it just looks like he's not going to be a major thing at the next level. But we all thought he was, most of us thought David Bell was mechanically refined, a great player, but just really lacked athleticism to be anything high level. That's our concern with Jaden Greyhouse. Now this is just a spring game. So we feel more confident about it. Uh, Tyler Buckner turned, uh, Lorenzo Styles into a DB. 
So there's been a pretty <laughs> big hole open. And we're just we're just really feeling positive about Jaden Greathouse, who I want to say for me personally, I want to say he peaked at like wide receiver four or five for me at some point in time. I think I finished with him wide receiver eight, nine uh, in that in that range. So um, I, I w- I'll go back and do my own freshman only ranks, but that's probably more like end of summers. But he's probably solidified top 10 for me. Definitely not top five, but in that range. Yeah, he's definitely been a top ten guy for for me as well. Um, I think peaked probably around somewhere around seven. I think I've dropped him somewhere like you, somewhere around eight or nine as well. But still, just a guy I see a lot of like like good technical ability in, even if he's not. You know, it, it, this guy's super experienced at a, at a very good um, uh, level of competition as well in in high school. So it, it, I just feel like he's going to have a lot working in in his favor to get on the field quickly here. And you know, we kind of already are seeing it here. So um, yeah. let's move let's move on to our next team here i know you watched this one pretty closely colorado and the new Dion sanders uh team over there what did you think of this game i did i was excited um uh i should watch it twice i was excited watching it like real <laughs> time so excited then... you repeated it because <laughs> <laughs> i realized like i wasn't like really taking notes i was just watching the plays like a fan yeah. and then i and then i rewatched it and i was just like oh man this defense is this defense is terrible no they made so it's many terrible. mistakes on the day too like what well, um yeah. what's his name on on hunter's touchdown there he wasn't even covered man it was no one, no one covered him <laughs> no one covered him and everyone looked small everyone everyone looked malnourished i almost wanted to go out there with a food truck and just feed them i was like why are all these kids so small out here that's coming from that those swack fucking strength and conditioning programs <laughs> yeah so a lot of a lot of small kids there i do want to say this earlier uh cory did touch on the mass exodus of players i did read that their roster had 94 players the roster limit for a college team is 85 so they are they needed to cut down anyway yeah okay um, so there's there is that bit of news so they're supposed to cut down um and it, you know it's a huge rebuild too so i also read too i think they only have 20 players from the original team from last year left on yeah the roster. It, it was pretty low 22 i think was the actual number i read yeah very low yeah, number crazy. still left yeah. yeah so uh but but this this transition really solidified travis hunter for me being the wise for one in this offense he had the first two catches in the game touchdown um he's gonna have that connection from sure sanders coming over from from the swag together so i i'm really excited i, I dude i'm in the perfect world this pushes this pushes travis hunter to become the full-time wide receiver that we want him to be for fantasy because they don't have anyone else. Like Jordan Tyson was supposed to be like the one return guy and he's in the portal now. So I I'm, I'm pretty excited actually for Travis Hunter now, but as far as like Shadur Sanders, like I, I get that his, his dad's a, you know, NFL DB and stuff like that and the bloodlines and NFL cares about it. I, I didn't see like, it just seemed like a lot of layup. A lot of the players were just yeah. wide open he didn't need to make any anticipatory throws. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He can't do it, but he certainly didn't need to do it in that in that in that climate. That defense was terrible, and I know a lot of defenders decommitted. I saw a four star CB like decommit like two hours after that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I wanted to ask you what you thought of Shadur, which you know, like I, I think me and you have been kind of on the record of being a little bit lower on him than at least where some of the consensus is on him right now. Like I thought he was okay. I thought he read yeah. the fee- I thought he read the field. Okay. He took advantage of some of those broken coverages we saw, which was good. You want, you want to be able to see him, him notice those things on the field, be able to take advantage of that. I think my biggest things with him have always been the arm a little bit and not that it's not strong enough, but it's the touch 
um, the accuracy, the ball placement. And that thing even flutters on him a little bit when he throws it down the field, when he's going to for those big throws. It's kind of fluttery. And, you know, sometimes wide receivers have a hard time catching that ball if you're not throwing that tight spiral. You know, pocket presence, a little bit messy as well. He's got, he's got a little bit of that Malik Willis type pocket presence when he backs up a lot, doesn't really climb or manipulate it a little bit. So I still think he has a lot to go here. He's also kind of small. Okay, like I didn't realize the, the size. I, I think he's listed at 6'2", 215, okay? But when I look at this guy, he looks thinner than that. And as a recruit, he was 6'1", 198. So we'll see, like, where he exactly he's at, if there's a little bit of, of flubbery here with with his listed weight. But I still think he looked kind of slender on the field. Um, going back to – I, oh, I just want to say, though, that a lot of the stuff I did get from the limited JSU tape I watched last year, trying to watch Hunter and Kevin Coleman, I do leave some room here for him to – grow at the power five level. Now I, I don't have him like just rocketed out like tier seven bottom of my rankings. Like he's somewhere in the middle where I'm giving him a little bit of a little bit of a chance to, to kind of come back here. I, I do just want to touch on Travis Hunter though. Um, I do agree with you that this could open it up. The, it, the thing that stood out to me, I know some people have talked about it, that the whole, the plan was always that he wasn't going to play much defense, that he was going to play more wide receiver in this game because he wanted to get reps there. But regardless, he was on the field for every snap of the first team during this game. He only rotated in with the first team defense like once or twice. Not to mention when he rotated in, he got beaten pretty bad on a on a touchdown in the end zone while he was playing slot corner. So I don't know. Maybe you should just stick to wide receiver because that seems like maybe <laughs> where, where your skills are at, right? Like we even saw some of those Kadarius Tony like moving skills. Like he he caught the ball early and made a couple of guys miss. Like I don't know. There's a lot there. I want to see some more weight again. You're talking about a lot of these thin guys coming from over there. This guy's only like 165 pounds as well. We got to see some weight pick up. But yeah, definitely promising signs that he might be the guy here yeah no uh, so more physical teams that play them this year uh, they're gonna get mauled like they're gonna get yeah. like if, if, <laughs> yeah. if zach evans was in ucla to run against him i think he put up or not zach excuse me zach charbonnet i think he put up like 300 yards on them i really do they're gonna get yeah. mauled because i think that the team is undersized um with shadur though i definitely thought i saw some great touch and some great accuracy i just didn't see a lot of anticipation um and I'm, I'm actually really concerned about his arm strength. A lot of it was kind of floated, like when when you watch Jaden Delora or like yeah. uh, Desmond Ritter, like that's kind of how the balls look. Like they kind of look like they had a lot of hang time, had a nice pretty spiral, but like they weren't they weren't thrown with any real velocity. Yeah. So that that was my main concern. But I actually thought that his ball plays was pretty pretty decent in this game. Even even if the player was wide open, I thought he had some nice leading throws. Yeah, I'll have to go back and really watch this one a little bit closer, paying attention more to him. Um, I thought he had like a deep ball down the sideline that really that the ball came almost angled upwards to the guy when he was catching it. Like I thought I saw a couple of those, that same thing where he doesn't throw that tight spiral sometimes, but either way, a guy that definitely has a chance to climb throughout the year this year. Yeah. I definitely had a better opinion watching this than I did watching the swag. So let's, let's head on over to Washington. Uh, I actually didn't watch this one. I heard about it, but I would like to hear what you, what you thought about it. Yeah, I think this one can be pretty brief, too. I just threw it in here. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from it. Offense started slowly. Um, Penix was kind of off in the beginning, missing some guys down the field a little bit, holding on to the ball a little bit, settled down a little bit as the game went on, hit some nice deep passes. He just has, like, this bad tendency to throw off his back foot that I'd really like to see get cleaned up because I think when everything works well for him, when he's has a good when he sets his base when he's looking for me he throws a good ball and he and when it, it looks good like it, i see nfl talent here but then he has these plays where he just 
throws off his back foot all the time, gets sloppy with his footwork. Those are the things I really want to see clean up. Those are the things that are going to make him make or break him of being like a potential late first rounder next year. Like, like some people want to say, or he could be like a third round pick, honestly. Like, so I, I those are some of the things I'd like to see clean up with him. But wide receivers, as expected, Odunze made a couple nice catches. I think my biggest takeaway with wide receivers, though, was Jeremy Bernard with the second team who ran primarily out of the slot, but was like a favorite target on the day. He didn't come up with all the targets. Okay. I think he only caught two of them, but they were two beautiful catches down the sideline. Almost came up with a few other ones. He looks like the main guy who's probably going to take over for Jalen McMillan's role next year out of the slot. Um, very highly targeted role. I think Jalen McMillan finished like what third in, in the pack 12 in receiving as well. While Odunze finished on, on first. So either way, Jeremy Bernard, probably a nice, interesting guy to, to maybe stash this year and hopeful for another big year next year. Uh, what about the uh, Mississippi State transfer running back? I don't even know if he played, to be honest with you. I was actually watching this game looking for Dylan Johnson a bunch. Um, I heard them say Johnson once, once, and then they corrected it to another guy. I can't even remember his name. But um, I know that Dylan Johnson had been wearing a red jersey for the last couple of weeks of practice. Still going through it, but he was wearing a, a non-contact jersey. So I'm wondering if they, he was held out in this game because I didn't see him. Like I don't think I saw him at all unless I just missed him briefly. But, yeah, it was Cam Davis for the most part. All right, what about let's let's move on. Let's move on to Utah and our guy Jaquindon Jackson. Yeah. Uh so oh, he's pulling up his notepad. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had to adjust my notes here. Yeah. The only really thing I wanted to see in this game was Jaquindon because I think I'd spoken to you off camera how I was like slightly concerned with some of the lack of buzz coming out of Utah about him. Yeah. You know, I wanted to hear some of those things like, you know, he's taking over the thing, he's looking awesome. But he was one of the first team running backs today. You know, each team had a different starting running back, but he was one of the first teams. The whole group didn't do a whole lot, but I do want to say this is one of the main things about his profile we didn't like was we weren't sure how he was going to do through the air. Over 50 yards through the air in this game, which was great to see. A nice thing to add to this profile here. Yeah. Looked comfortable doing it too. Like, I thought he looked just fine. The announcers were also speaking very glowingly about him the whole time, talking about him as, like, the next potential star for this team. So, so to me, it seems like they're gearing up for him to be their main guy this year, which was on. Honestly, just just music to my ears, probably music to your ears as well. So it makes me feel a lot more confident with it, about him going in. Other than that, I really didn't get much uh, away from Utah. I think um, what's his, Cameron Rising didn't even play in this game as well because he's recovering as well. So, um, yeah, not much else to take away from here. But really the only thing we're focused on for Utah is that running game. Yeah, I, I noted that, that according to PFF, he's out there running routes. He just didn't get targeted last year. So, yeah, that's that's great to know that he's not running with his head off, his head cut off like a chicken out there. So. Uh, let's head on over to Nebraska. Tight end Eric Gilbert. Uh, some, not me, swear, not me, never me, <laughs> uh, have been holding on to Eric Gilbert in his freshman season and just how phenomenal he was as a uh, prospect coming out into college. He's had quite a roller coaster of a story, but how did he do here in Nebraska? Yeah, so um, he almost looked like the third tight end on the day, which was a little bit upsetting. You know, this guy waiting out to bounce back here a little bit. But he was either second or third team guy. He kind of mixed between the two. Um, I would say that he saw a lot of inline snaps, blocked his ass off. I'll give him that, okay? But, like, flat out dropped his only target of the day. Was not really involved as a pass catcher. Ran, a, ran some routes, so I did see that. I will say, though, Thomas Fedoni, or Fedone, former number one overall tight end in the 2021 class, he actually started the game and w- with the first team. Um, 
you know, he's looking to bounce back after suffering, I believe, back-to-back ACL tears to start his career. So maybe another guy to kind of be interesting. We did write him up for a Debbie guy that's coming out as well as a guy that we're just kind of keeping eyes on in case he can bounce back from that as well. So he looks like the number one there. But yeah, Eric Gilbert didn't really uh, get the run we were kind of hoping for. Didn't really get her a lot of run with that first team either. Kind of, you know, even, even looking as a weapon that they just split out and get mismatches on the outside. Like, he just wasn't that. Um, so I don't know how much of a role he's really going to play here this year. Other than that, pretty quiet day all around for Nebraska. Not else, not, not much else really to take away from here. Yeah. And I do remember, I think you noted last week about Malachi Coleman was not on campus cause he's, well, he Injured, was doing yeah. track and then he got hurt. So, uh, yeah. not on campus. We do have some breaking news here, Corey, and I can't, don't look at your phone. Don't look at it. I'm breaking okay. it to you. All right. I want to get some reaction here. According to Bruce Feldman, uh, Houston running back, Alton McCaskill is expected to hit the portal oh wow that's interesting you know i really liked him there at houston this guy was super efficient looked super good like that off that offense is looking like it was going to take another step hopping into the power five now as well like i really liked him there but i don't know maybe he thinks he can get a better job somewhere else i'm just hoping that we we stay in power five now because he was about to jump into power five which made me like his his profile a lot better so i'm just hoping that he's going to aim for power five but i still think he's a very good running back like very good all-around game I'm glad you said that because I kept half the message out. The expected to be in the mix to land him is Deion Sanders in Colorado. Oh, that would be interesting. You know what? I'm my biggest worry there though is that they're going to get just destroyed a lot of the time, and how much yeah, room is it really going to be for running? Yeah, like that's yeah. going to be my biggest concern there for them. Like they could just get killed this year while they're like while they're kind of adjusting to to the life at the Power Five level, and he might just kind of fade away there. I hope he doesn't just go for those dollars and uh, and the excitement of what's going on over there. Like, but yeah, uh, I don't know how much I love that place. What about you? Are you are you feeling that? No, I think yeah, I think that old line is going to get crumbled and just destroyed. Um, except for maybe against Stanford, but besides that, yeah, I think they get pretty pretty destroyed there. Uh, Dylan Edwards is there, everyone's favorite 165 run pound running back from uh, yeah, true freshman. Anyway, um, no, no, I'm not going to be a fan of it year one. And then year three, we're going to be questioning if he's, we're going to be running the Debbie guy. We're going to put him down like tier six coming into year three. That's what's going <laughs> yeah. to Yeah, uh, very but, good. Um, yeah. Let's get back to the spring games. We got two more. Let's talk about Oregon State. I didn't watch this one either, so I need you to steer the ship on yeah. Oregon State. You know what? I'll even just put the last two here in in a, in a quick thing here because these are just brief things, right? With Oregon State, all I wanted to talk about was the quarterbacks, which is DJU and the freshman over there, Aiden Childs. DJU looked kind of the exact same, man. Looked like the exact like still not using his lower body, still not really engaging that lower body when he's when he's working through his progressions and working through his reads. Flat footed, a lot of arm throws. Like it, they also recorded it from this like weird angle, which kind of made it hard to see the entire game. But regardless. I'm not expecting a big jump for DJU this year. There's not a lot of improvement that I'm seeing there, at least from that little bit that I saw. But Aiden Childs, man, looked kind of okay in this game, man. Like, I don't know, flash those legs a little bit, flash the arm a little bit, had a nice throw down the field, nice throws on the move. Made a couple bad plays as well. But either way, like, I thought he looked pretty good in this game, and I'd be pretty excited about him um, to take over for DJU uh, next year. And then the other team here that I just want, I didn't actually watch this game besides a brief, brief highlights and and looking at the statue, but LSU um, wasn't much to take away from this game. It was like Jane Daniels had a nice day. 10 for 11 um, was fairly accurate, but didn't push the ball down the field. Again, another thing that we kind of harp on him about is always being a safe quarterback, not pushing it down the field much. Something we've actually talked about wanting to get a little bit more out of him out of the spring reports a little bit. So we'll see if that comes, but either way, a very clean day for him. Nussmeyer, a little bit more aggressive down the field, um, but he also had a, a pretty good day, but Kyron Lacey kind of stepping up, Maybe a guy to keep maybe more on the C2C radar. I'm not sure how much Debbie Talent is here, but four for 92 and a touchdown. 
uh, one-handed 70-yarder that he made in this game as well. So maybe a guy just to keep uh, tabs on here. Nothing really from the running back room with a lot of them out of uh, out of this game. So, yeah, that all wraps it up for this, these uh, spring games here. All right, let's, let's head on over to our NFL Draft Challenge. Now, before we get into it, I do want to say this. Guys, we're doing a contest right now at Camp Scam. We are doing a Jackson Smith Ninjigba jersey giveaway, JSN. Uh, it's literally filling out brackets like for, for March Madness, but you're doing it for the NFL draft. And the person that scores the most points in this system wins the jersey. You guys just got to find it on Twitter. It's out there. I'll retweet it. If you can't find it, go ahead and DM either me and Corey. I'm, we'll send it to you right away. But we are doing a contest to win a jersey. But between me and Corey now, the score is one snowblower to zero lawnmowers. So we will be <laughs> trying to even the score <laughs> and keeping track of who's going to be the most accurate starting starting out here. We are heading over to day one of the NFL draft. Corey, how many running backs go day one of the NFL draft? I am just going to say one here. That's where I'm going with one. I just I think I think Bijan's the only guy. I think it's one as well. I'm not going to be cute with it. I also think it's just going to be Bijan. All right, so, give me give me quarterbacks. Day one quarterbacks. What do you got? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I might be giving you a free square here. Okay, I am such a doubter, and I I am sticking to my word because I really truly believe this. Mm-hmm. I think there's only going to be three. I don't believe Will Levis is a first-round talent. He's a project. Malik Willis was also overhyped the week going into the draft, just to fall to the third. I think I think Will Levis is maybe a second-round talent, but um, I think teams should be pretty scared to put him out on the field year one, even going into year two. Probably should be scared. So give me give me three is my answer. Yeah, I mean, I guess I took the low-hanging fruit here, and I just went with four, what the four guys are talking about. Some guys are talking about Hooker a little bit. I don't think he's around one quarterback. I don't think he's going to slip into the back end there. Um, I think it's going to be four, but I think I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we see one fall a little farther than we think. Like, Levis is being talked about as like a top-10 guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's more like the back end or something, like someone slips in or or trades up even from from the second round if they can to, to grab him at the back end there, just 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 to see. I, we've seen worse quarterbacks go in the first round, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's four, and I think I think that's where I'm going to go. You might have given me a free square there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's <laughs> head on over to – Wide receivers. Why don't you lead off with this? How many wide receivers go day one? Yeah, this one is a little bit tougher. We have seen some value rise with wide receivers lately. So I think once one goes that it might start a bit of a landfall, but I fell on four here. So I'm I'm sticking with four. I I also picked four here. Okay. Game. I gave I gave three guys a first round grade. Um and I think one always finds a way to BS his way up there. Last year, I gave uh, Jahan Dotson a top, a top forty, a top fifty grade. So I thought he'd be an early second, and he went, he went fifteenth overall. So I think that could happen again. So I, I'm, I'm doing four as well for a wide receiver. Yeah, I think like, like I think four feels like a good number. I think there is potential there for like five maybe depending on if someone wants to if someone falls in love with height speed you know what I mean and kind of slips him in at the back end there but I mean to me it's looking like I mean I don't know about you but I I would assume QJ Addison Zay and JSN like those are the four guys I'm going with 
I'm not on Jay. I'm not on Zay, but I. I uh... Who's your fourth guy then? Jalen is the guy you think no, is going to get. I just said well, I'm on BS and one. My my early second. My early seconds. Okay. No, no, no. It's, okay, it's... but but you're but you're predicting four. So who's your fourth guy you're predicting? Josh Downs. If you're going to okay, pick a short okay. king, it should be Josh Downs, not Zay. I like. I love it. I actually like it. Yeah. I just think that there's. I, I just obviously you, you know I love Josh Downs, but yeah, I do yeah. think I, it sounds like it's going to be Zay anyways. And maybe I'm buying too much into the buzz, but honestly, there was a time when I didn't buy into the buzz as much, and now for some reason over the last couple of years, like the buzz is like working out more than it does. Besides Malik Willis, that would felt like fucking crazy. But uh, other than that, like the buzz always seems to be matching up. Like I remember even the Baker Mayfield draft and it's like, no, there's no way they're going to take Baker first. They take him first. There's no way they're going to take Kyler first. And they take Kyler first. Like it's constantly things that like, I don't know. I'm starting to buy into the buzz a little bit more than I used to. I hate the buzz, man. I really yeah. do. Cause I, yeah. I feel like I should. And then I feel like when I don't, I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. But yeah. All right. Uh, move on to the next one. Tight ends. You give us the first one. I think. Or, uh, I think. I think there's only one. I think there's only uh, one going in the first. And this one's tough. You know what? In the spirit of competition, I wrote one two, but I was close enough to put two here that I'll put two to give us some different answers. So I'll go two. Okay. Here. All right. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Corey. Interesting. All right, let's move on to day we are, one. Day one plus two now, right? Yes, we are expanding it now. So between day one and two, same position groups. We're cutting out QB though. Uh, running back. How many running backs get taken between day one and day two? Ah, see, here's where it gets tough now. So I landed on seven. That's right. When I look at my sheet, I think I can I can feasibly give eight day two grades like through day two grades but i'm going a little bit conservative and thinking that i'm over evaluating some guys and especially with the devaluation of the position i think i'm just gonna go safe with seven taking one guy off and i'm going with seven i'm going with 10 what's the the average though you know these stats what's the average i do i do the average is seven the average has been seven the last 10 years on strong classes like 2017 and 2020 i think we saw above 10 for both of those Okay, um, okay. I'm trying to trust my grading process. I'm trying to trust my grading process. I put out my grades for, <laughs> for three years in a row. I put out my grades. My first year, I didn't even trust my stuff. I just put it out there to let people know this is my grades. Mm-hmm. And I went and I followed I followed Fancy Pros. And I uh, I took Jerry Judy. That's why I see her one. I had CD mm-hmm. Lamb at two. I had Justin Jefferson at three. My grades had Justin Jefferson at one. Had CD at two and Jerry at three, and so I am. You had very... Justin Jefferson at one this year. That that year, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I yes, according to my scale, yeah, he would have been my one. And again, going into year two, I like didn't really trust my grades as much, and it would have been a lot more accurate because I had I had Tyler Algier at RB three the whole time. You know, I was being annoying on Twitter. Yeah. Tyler Algier at RB three, put him down to six by NFL draft time. I would have been way more correct, keeping him at three. Anyway, he's getting this replaced year, anyways. I, I I got value off him anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. So uh, so this year, I I have ten guys. I have ten guys graded as a day two or better running back. I think it's gonna stick that way. So Is Roshan Johnson, one of those guys. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Is he a good man? Nope. <laughs> him, him and Tajay just barely got the cutoff line. So, uh, okay, that's fair. That's that sounds like mine. We sound similar there. But yeah. yeah. All right. That so, that feels that feels like a good number. At least you got you some have, diversity here. 
Yeah, so you had eight though. You had eight. Seven. I'm going with seven. Oh, seven. Thanks I did. I, you know what? I gave eight grades, but I, I'm trying to be conservative. I'm going with seven. So we'll Got see. Got you. Yeah, and also too, like the running backs in, in the NFL, like they're aging out. They got yeah. legal issues. I think this really is a change of the guard. So I'm kind of factoring in the NFL like situation currently too. Let's head on over to uh, wide receivers though. Why don't you start us off here? I got. Well, I started off the last one, but fine. I'll start off this one. Too. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm confident. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> Let's right. go. I'm gonna. I ended up. You know what? I actually talked to you a little bit before the show. I ended up really low on this. I changed it a little bit before we, right before we uh, started the show. I bumped it up to eleven. That's where I'm at. Through two days, I'm gonna see eleven wide receivers. All right. Well, that's fine. I picked twelve. We talked oh, about this yeah. pre-show. I was, yeah. I was being honest about it. Um, again, I gave grades for 12 of them being uh, day two guys here. Um, the average the last four years, I'm listening uh, prospectively, it went 17, 13, 13, 17. So the last four years, going to average of five, or sorry, five, excuse me, 15 wide receivers drafted. Um, but I, I gave 12 guys day two grades. I'm going to stick to that. Um, I also think too, like the NFL right now, like there was no free agents. There wasn't really a lot of like wide receivers. No, being it was out not. No, there was not a good yeah. wide receiver free agency class so, either. There wasn't a lot of movement, which I think makes it a little bit more predictable uh, as far as like this year's like all season or sorry, this year's draft capital. Yeah. So I'm going with 12, Corey with 11. Let's go on to tight ends now. Everyone praises this tight end class. I think it's the best tight end class since since I don't know the witch hunt in Salem. Okay, so. <laughs> How many tight ends are going between day one and day two? You can go first on this one. What do you got? I I put I put six. I don't know the averages because oh. you know I mean you don't do the homework for tight ends, but I put yeah. six. Um, I don't think they all go in the second the way I've seen mock drafts. I think they go in the third. But uh there's always some overly athletic guys that somehow get bumped up that shouldn't be bumped up, in my opinion. Um, but I, I think yeah, I think I'm going with six. Yeah, this one was a tough one. I initially wrote five, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. And what I changed it to, and uh, like five would be never because better because we'd have a little prices right thing going on there. But <laughs> I actually lowered it to four. I went with four. I, uh, which kind of contradicts what I said in the beginning if I'm going to go with two tight ends at the beginning. But um, yeah, I don't know. I see four guys. I think we're talking about Mayor, probably. We're talking about Kincaid, probably. Talking about Musgrave potentially, Musgrave. And, and then Darnell, Darnell Washington, Washington, who I think yeah. you know some people have talked about maybe getting bumped down. And there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of other guys who could feasibly get it, you know, Tucker yeah. Craft or something like that. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, a bunch of these guys. So I, I'm I think I'm just going Laporta. conservative with four there. Yeah, Laporta is the one guy, but then there's even reports coming out today that he was dropping. Maybe that scared me that there's something medical with him as well that people have dropped him because of something medical. So I don't know. Um, I also think it's not a position that a lot of people will spend that if you're not like a crazy elite talent, you know, like I think that guy people will think they can get it like in round four and, and past that. So that's part of my thinking here too, but yeah, so, so I'll go with four here. We'll see what happens. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, let's go on to, let's go on to some other, some more broad questions here or okay. more specific questions. Excuse me. Assuming Assuming Bijan and Bryce are the first two running backs off the board, Gibbs, who is RB three? Oh, Gibbs. Assu- yeah. yeah. Assuming uh, who- Bijan and Gibbs are off the board, the first two running backs, who's going to be the third running back drafted? 
I think I know who you're going to say because you were telling me before the show who you bumped up to running back three, which I love, by the way. we You know I've been a huge component of him. But I think where the NFL is at, I'm thinking Charbonnet is, is, is the third running back off the board. Charbonnet yeah. or somebody or so, you know what I'm, I'm I'm sticking with Charbonnet, but or it's gonna be someone stupid like Devonta Chain or something. <laughs> I actually really wanted to put Devonta Chain. Dude. Yes, really yeah, good, because dude. like they'll just buy into the speed and whatever. Like James Cook was a high pick last year too. Like, but yeah, yeah. So so who are you going with? Um, Devonta Chain isn't the bloodline though, so he doesn't have that name recognition. But I I I will be going with with uh, with Kendry Miller. I think yeah, he has a complete it. skill set. I think he does everything very well. Um, he's also like one of the two youngest running backs coming into the draft. So I think that's going to be also plus, um, someone released, I think it was, I think it was David from the recruiting team. Didn't he like release like a, a screenshot of an article showing yes, like, yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Well, I mean, you may just tell my own pick here. got 24 votes and, and Miller got 20 votes as the guy who was going to come. They pulled scouts together to get votes after, um, Bijan and Gibbs being the top two guys, who was the guys who received the most votes. It was Charbonnet and Miller pretty much back back and uh, back to back there. Yeah. So I picked Kendra out of that. And that was kind of like I've been like, you know, there's a fan club out there for Miller, but no one's really like advocating for him. Like there's not the wave yeah. is not strong enough. And I've been like a little bit questioning myself. And that article gave me the confidence I need to just come out of the closet. Okay. <laughs> and become well and just become a big Miller fan. Well, I mean, we've been pumping this guy since as Devi analyst since last year, right? So it's kind of like he he met our expectations. It's like we're not overly touting him. But now you get to the guys who are just getting around to the tape now and just getting to the process. They're huge on things like the combine and all this stuff. And it's like when Miller's not participating in any of that, it's like guys just seem to like forget about him and like write him off a little bit because of those things, like because he's not having these flashy numbers or whatever. But it's not his fault, man. I got injured in freaking the playoffs because he was doing so damn good. His team almost took went to the national chair or did go to the national championship. I mean, he got injured like shortly in the playoffs there. It was not his fault, but I mean, you could see it on the tape, man. That's why the, that's why the scouts are, are, are loving this guy. I, I love the RB. They weren't supposed to go there either. So, I mean, it's just been, it's been an amazing story for them. Yeah. Really All right. Now been. I'm going to ask some, some uh, debated, some debated players here. What round, what round will Kayshawn Boutte be drafted in? Are we not doing uh wide receiver one off the board or no oh excuse me yeah, let's go back that. to that let's go back yeah. to that who's the wide receiver one game drafted we might be the same here anyways we're jackson smith for me oh same yeah okay yeah cool. okay so so anyways <laughs> you just cancel that out anyways okay next one yeah. okay what round will Keyshawn Butte get drafted in okay i'm gonna be mean on this Oof. one okay i know i know you're still holding out hope i don't think yeah. the process has gone the greatest for him okay I still think that even with this draft capital, there's a chance there that he can become more. But I just think the process hasn't gone well for him. Okay, I think he's a, like a fifth round pick. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I was uh, like a, like a fourth or fifth round pick, man. But yeah, I honestly think so. I'm gonna give you this 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 free square. This is gonna be a free square. This is a free square for Corey because uh, it's it's his birthday. For everybody doesn't know, it is <laughs> Corey's birthday. So um, grinding hard on my birthday, you know. Always here for you guys. Always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say back at the second. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. So I I'm like saying, it. I'm saying second. I'm not going to price and write it and say it's third. I just, 
I'm not into the depth of this class. I think a lot of guy has some traits, and I don't think there's a lot of guys that I evaluate being potential wide receiver ones for the NFL team in the future. So I am I'm looking at Boutte and the same arguments that we made for Will Levis being a first rounder, saying that oh he has the tools, he just had a bad year. Like mm-hmm. why can't we just do that for Keishon Boutte? He's got the tools, he just had a bad year, he's not fully recovered. You know, so we can maybe say that. Maybe hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, we can yeah, say that. It, yeah. <laughs> it just takes one thing to believe, and I don't know, man. I'm looking at like George Pickens. Like George Pickens wasn't really productive either. Like he was hurt, but we actually got to see him at no. the combine, and he looked fine athletically there at the end. Yeah, yeah. unlike Butte. But my I'm, like I'm, I, I will just say like my biggest fear I think with Butte is that I've started to come around on the idea that there's this rumor going around that there was an Achilles. Of of course we don't know for sure what it was. Okay, but the sophomore year injury. There's rumors that it was an Achilles and he needed the second surgery right before the season as well to clean it up again. I'm worried that that injury has sapped him. You know, like we don't, nobody, not everybody recovers the same. Okay. We've seen it all the time. Yes. There's, there's a lot of advances in medical science. There's a lot of things. We're a lot more hopeful for things, but not everybody recovers the same way. And I am scared that Butte did not recover the same way. We see it in his athletic testing. We saw it in last year, the way he played last year, he looked frustrated. He looked like he wasn't himself and he's got a little bit of an ego, a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of all this stuff. I don't, I feel like he's going to enter a little bit entitled. Maybe he even came off entitled a little bit in, in interviews for all I know, like that stuff all worries me. And maybe I'm buying into the buzz a little bit here as well, but I'm definitely worried. Would I be surprised if he's a day two pick? Not at all. Because if you get Butte back to the Butte, he was, you just struck gold. Right. Like if you get freshman season Butte, the trajectory he was on as a freshman and in the beginning of that sophomore season, you just struck gold like in the fifth round. Maybe you got yourself like a, the next Diggs, right? Like Diggs was a fifth round pick or something, right? Like a fourth or fifth round pick. So, yeah, I, like, yeah. So that potential is still there. I'm not writing that out of the equation, but for draft capital, pure draft capital purposes, I would not be surprised with like a mid day three pick. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I can't wait to figure out the answer to this question. Though. Yeah. So I, can't, so I need to never <laughs> talk about him again or, yeah. or keep on keep on pushing. Let's go on to a running back name. Izzy Abonaconda. Uh, he, he blew up this year. Uh, he, he tested out well athletically. I think he's very scheme dependent. But as far as being a pure athlete, I think he's one of the better pure athletes at running back this year. We know how NFL guys that don't watch enough college feel about those athletes coming out of the combine. Mm-hmm. What round did this Izzy Abanaconda get drafted in? Three. Three I'm is going three. Okay. I'm also so we can, yeah. so, so we can so just we can push that. that. But yeah, with what, but uh, I mean, with just his youth and his ability. And I mean, we, we saw Antonio Gibson get third round capital just based off of that of athletic ability, really. We saw that LSU running back from last year get third round draft capital. I can't remember his name anymore. LSU running back off third round draft capital. Why is this skipping my Let's mind? Go. Who? Sorry. He went to he went to San Francisco, 40, the 49ers. Oh, um em, or Emery Price or whatever his name is. Tyrion yeah, Davis Ty, Tyrion Price. Davis Price. Yes, yes, yes. 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 You're right. Yeah, you're right. Dude, yeah. I I gave him I gave him a UDFA grade. I can't believe he went a third. Oh, jeez. I was so surprised by that pick, by the way. Yeah. Um, we'll be surprised. All right. If they, yeah. We'll all right. Let's go on to let's go on to a quarterback here. Hendon Hooker. Quarterback out of Tennessee. What round does he get drafted? He's getting first round draft buzz draft buzz lately are you buying it Corey? i'll let you go first on this one what do you think okay all right that's fine that's fine i think i think he's i think he's a be smart this is so hard this is so hard (laughs) for me bro i think (laughs) i know what your heart says but be smart where's your Uh, yeah i've been really putting my heart out there i feel like i should just keep going with my heart here um (laughs) 
the guys are watching Love is Blind right now. So, you know, <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole Slack channel. Uh, I'm, I think he's a fourth round talent. Oh, wow. There's no way. There's Okay, I won't say no way. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I went with round two here. I think he's a round two guy. Oh, okay, cool. I really want to say round three. Can I just kind of move mine around three now or what? No, Can you said around four. <laughs> <laughs> you said around four. You gotta stick with it now. First answer stays. All right, all right, all right. Do you actually I'll, I'll let you I'll let you go to I three think... if you want to go three. I'll let you go to three. All right. I appreciate that. You're a good friend. Yeah. yeah I think I, I think he's like the... the he's like the final ten picks in round three, or he's like the first five picks in round four. If we if he gets to four, we both just automatically lose for changing that <laughs> okay yeah, just yeah, yeah. the whole competition <laughs> <laughs> all right is that oh one more last question here assuming that michael mayer tight end from notre dame gets drafted first as far as like the tight ends goes who's gonna be the tight end two drafted yeah so low-hanging fruit for me obviously i'm just going with dalton kincaid like i was even watching nfl mock draft live yesterday he was chosen at pick 13 in the first round like it's like there, there's some people that i think even have missed first there's obviously the back injury questions there so i don't know what what exactly is going to go on there he's apparently been cleared though so that looks like it's fine looks like it's not going to be any long-term issue so yeah i think that's an easy kincaid for me i think you might have a different answer though judging on what i was when i was talking to you pre-show yeah we were joking about it earlier i do have darnell washington i think he's really any worry about blocker. the uh any worry about the uh, reports come out that some teams have bumped him for some kind of medical issue? I mean, not as much as I'm worried about Kincaid and his back issue. So maybe, so no. maybe, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Got, no. From for what it's worth, though, I mean, like all the all the medical analysis that I've heard is that he is cleared and it's not a long term problem for Kincaid. I, I think Darnell can get on the field one of the earliest out of this class, but I think he's, he's an instant contributor as a blocker, and yeah, okay. they can create red zone packages for him i don't think he's like a fancy stud we'll get to that here pretty soon but i I think as far as nfl goes i think he'll be a phenomenal nfl blocking tight end with some pass catching upside here and there okay yeah all right well at least we got uh we got a lot of diversity there at least i was worried that we were gonna all be overlapping but yeah it'll be a good little competition for us yeah we got nine (laughs) different answers out of 13 questions so i can't not bad can't can't wait to tie this up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right let's get into it let's get into uh our mock draft now this is gonna be a tight end super flex premium super flex tight end premium <laughs> rookie mock draft and we're only gonna be doing three rounds we're not going a full four this will be a very long episode um which you guys probably saw from the timestamp because we don't know we're recording right now but anyway the point of this exercise is just to compare this week to next week's values just how guys have moved in our heads to um, once we get some draft capital, once we see the landing spots, once we see how NFL teams value these players, because it, it is kind of a cop out answer to say, well, if he gets second round draft capital, like, yeah, mm. but like, let's let's put our analysis out there. Let's put our analysis to the test here. Um, but we should adjust like post NFL mock draft. Like if guys aren't valued that high, we need to start dropping them our rankings. But again, the point of this is to compare this week to next week's. And also, this is like a graduation ceremony. This is a Debbie show. These guys technically aren't in the NFL yet. They will be as of, you know, in two days from now of this recording. This this is a, this is a, a graduation ceremony. We are, I am crying. I'm upset. Uh, they grow up <laughs> so fast. Uh, like, Corey, if you could start us off with the 101, please tell us who is graduating. Uh, val- valedictorian, uh, the president of the Kappa Kappa Frappuccino uh, fraternity. 
who is the <laughs> who is the 101 walking across the stage first yeah no shock here and i'll be pretty brief we'll, we'll get through this pretty quickly but i mean it's b john robinson um if you need me to explain to you why then you really shouldn't be playing dynasty football anymore so b john robinson 1.01 Way to alienate our crowd, okay? It's okay, we got to know. does everything well at a very high level, at extremely high level. Yes. Everything, every, every single category. With the RB1, speed. probably a what? Top five running back entering the league already? I can't, I haven't done dynasty rankings in a long time, but what is he? Probably about a top five, I would say. I think, I think he's already two. I think really two is that where he is? Two. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I haven't done rank, dynasty rankings in a long time, so I don't even know the landscape really. I put him at one because I know how it's going to go by the time preseason hits and the news reports come. Yeah, on. like how high is Brees Hall already? He's got to be. Brees, Brees Hall was six. four by the time the season started, by the way. Yeah, so. I think yeah. that's where it's holding. Anyway, let's go on to it. Uh, at the 102, I picked Anthony Richardson. I picked him as QB1 in this class. I think he's got the highest ceiling. He's dual threat ability. Um, there are red flags for the other guys. CJ Stroud, um, this is such a cop-out, but uh, he's – his S2 score came in late. There's some buzz about that. <laughs> oh, I don't really care too much about that, <laughs> but I am worried about Ohio State creating such an easy system to succeed in because everyone, every pass catcher there is just so elite. Uh, so I actually am worried about his processing ability once he has like a sh- once he has a terrible team. If he goes top five, he's going to a terrible team. So you know, and then Bryce Young is small, so I don't know what his ceiling is. I, I feel pretty good about his floor being pretty high, but I, I'm worried about his ceiling. But Anthony Richardson and his legs. I look at him and I say, why can't he do what Justin Fields did year one? Like, why can't 2,000 yards throwing with 1,000 yards rushing? He can do that for fantasy. So I'm in on Anthony Richardson um, as far as for fantasy goes. So that's my that's my 102. Yeah, the whole Ohio State quarterback thing is just, like, ridiculous. Like, not to mention that they've changed a lot literally within like the last five or six years. Like, they've changed so much compared to, like, the early days of, like, JT Barrett and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's come such a long way for them. Um, and we, we even see what Justin Fields is becoming now. He's, what, a top five dynasty quarterback, I want to say. Again, that's something that you might know more than me. Top five, top six, probably. I'm not even sure. Anyways, 103, I'm going with my guy. Um, kind of preluding here, talking about Ohio State. But he's been my quarterback one for this whole process. He's been beginning of the year it's cj stroud ohio state i think that he does a lot of things really well i think that when you saw him face more adversity like at the, in the georgia game and everybody likes to say oh it's only the one game sample size but regardless he when he faced the adversity in that game the talent came out of him and he became a gamer he became you know when the lights came on he he played out of his mind he like and i know we want to see some of those things more consistently but regardless we see that that ceiling is there i think he does a lot of nice things tight window throws even with those wide oh, uh, those wide that wide receiver core there was a lot of instances of of tight window throws um he, he's got the size and i think that he's i mean if he falls regardless i i'm just like 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 some people are talking about S2 scores. I don't give a crap about S2 scores personally. Yeah. But if CJ Stroud falls to like if he starts in like seven or anything, I'm gonna be praying to God that my Vikings trade up to, to to nab this guy or whatever. And I think it's honestly a mistake to be letting this guy fall uh further than you know a top five pick. I hope I hope the Colts grab him. I'm not a Colts fan. I've always hoped they get their stuff. Be an together. awesome spot, yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, I would love that for him. Uh Bryce Young is my 104 here. Uh he's been my NFL. QB one. I think he's the most pro ready. I do understand that there's not really a good comparable for him. I mean, he's kind of the smallest one we've ever seen. Uh, so this will be interesting, but I, he's looked superb at Alabama two years in a row. And it wasn't like this last year with a, with a much 
worst supporting cast, he still looked phenomenal. I, I mean, not saying that he's perfect, but like it looked like he played his heart out every single game and just did everything he could to win. So I have Bryce Young here at 104. I feel really good about it. I think he's a high floor player. I am worried about his ceiling, uh, but I'd be, I would be ecstatic if his fantasy career arc ended up being similar to Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I think that's the, that's like the hope here. But would anybody really be surprised? I I think the arm talent is better. I think Bryce Ta- Bryce Young probably has like not not in strength raw strength, but in placement accuracy. Everything. I think he's probably the best in Finesse, his class yeah, with the arm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, would it be that crazy to say that his trajectory is more like Tua? Like honestly, because I don't know. I don't know if the full arm strength is there. I think he's a great passer though. But uh, like, I mean, I don't. I don't know if he'll be much. If we can expect much more from Bryce Young than what Tua gives us already on the next level, which isn't bad, it's not a bad thing, and he's dealt with yeah. a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Like, but that that might be his upside. I don't know. We'll we'll end up seeing. I think that's kind of like the downside here with with Bryce, which isn't really that much of a downside, but still, it's, yeah. it, it's there. <laughs> um, yeah. One hundred five. I'm going to go to my wide receiver one in the class, probably wide receiver one for a lot of people. Back to Ohio State. I'm loading up on the Ohio State guys here with Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Um, slot wide receiver extraordinaire who I think could move outside if he really needed to. That's probably one of the biggest questions, but with his footwork and his running ability, I think that he would see success there. We've seen some guys who have played um, predominantly slot, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, who are all predominantly slot wide receivers in the, in college become outside wide receivers in the NFL too. I don't think it's out of the realm for JSN. So I like him here at one Oh five. Myself muted there. I like that too. I was going to say this on this podcast, uh, but anyway, but you, you took him and not me. I, I think Jason should be going before Gibbs. Like I, I've definitely come across it. I think he's my wide receiver one. Yeah. I think he deserves to be taken before Gibbs. I think, you know, these top five guys that we just said should be taken varying orders, but for the most part, I think that should be locked into the top five are, I think Jason is just, I think he does it all. I, I don't really care about the lack of athleticism. Teams should be knowing that when they're drafting him, they should be, knowing that they want to use him as a position wide receiver. So I, I think he should just be a PPR stud um, for multiple years. I think he can be a wide receiver one, like almost as at going to year two, I think he can be a wide receiver one. So, uh, but at the one Oh six, I took the uh, Alabama running back, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he needs to be used in Austin Eckler role. He's not built to be running down the middle for 200 carries a, a season. Uh, so I hope that they tailor him more to a pass catching role against the PPR league. So I'm hoping that that's what his role is. And if he goes to a quarterback, that's, you know, friendly to dump offs. That's what I'm looking for here for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I like that pick there. I was kind of hoping you were going to slip up and let him fall one more, but I think that's where he should be going. I'm going with the highest upside at wide receiver, hopefully in the first round. Um, There's been some buzz. He might reach more towards the back end, but regardless, Quentin Johnson out of TCU there, uh, height, weight, speed guy. Um, a little bit of question about some of his hands, a little bit of question about some of his physicality at the catch point. Uh, but um, kind of reminds me of a, like could be a Martavis Bryant type on the next level. A guy that we, you know, had a lot of flashes for a lot of guy, uh, a guy who did a lot of, had a lot of acrobatic catches down the field. A lot of nice things. Those are kind of the flashes we see with QJ, but he's really just relied on a lot of athleticism throughout his career. We're going to need to see more refine it at the next level, but still 107 here. I'm, I'm willing to take the shot here and see what happens. I went with also I love that pick all upside. I feel like that's like his floor too, as far as like drafting goes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should ever fall beyond that. I went with the last 
the wide receiver that I have confidence in his success at the next level. I am very skeptical of the depth of this class, but I feel really good about the top three guys here. And at the 108, I took Jordan Addison, USC wide receiver, formerly Pitt. Um, I did see a lot of guys talking about his usage at USC compared to Pitt. I never really, you know, I didn't really study him too much because I kind of already knew what his skill set was. Um, but I decided to actually watch him. And I thought they were, they nailed it. Like they were definitely right. His usage at USC was definitely different than Pitt. I am worried about his size. Uh, Matt Harmon, who I think is just the goat of wide receiver evaluations, um, at least at the NFL level, uh, charted him being just generally pretty bad against man coverage. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a serious concern for me. So I, I think he's I think he's one of those dynamic wide receiver twos for a roster that when paired with a top wide receiver one, I think he could be like one of those like locked in wide receiver twos every single year for multiple years. Kind of like a like Devonta Smith kind of now in that role. Like he mm-hmm. wouldn't nearly have been successful without AJ Brown there. So I'm worried about Addison as a one but if he goes to a good system, he's a two. I, I'm 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 gonna be pretty happy about it, and I I think that's how it's gonna work out too. So I, I feel very good about Addison. Worried about what his ceiling is, but definitely not worried about his floor or his involvement at the next level. Yeah, I think I can see that. He seems like a high floor player. I've never been in love with his upside, but again, he seems like a Robin to somebody's Batman. Like I, I agree with you. He seems to go wide receiver two there at one oh nine. I'm gonna go with and here I'm look. We talked about this guy a whole bunch, right? Will Levis. I'm taking him here at 109. And it's just because of the value. Um, this is going to be a guy who was starting to go right. And maybe if I take him here and he goes in the first round, I immediately flip him because he's not somebody that I'm in love with from a talent perspective. But there's value here to be had. You can't let a first-round quarterback slip out of the first round. I, I really believe that in, in in a super flex drafts. So I'm taking him here at the back end. I wonder if he'll go even higher if he goes to a, to a top 10 spot, but regardless have to nab him here before the well runs dry. Maybe I'm going to flip him down the line, but regardless we'll live us here at one Oh nine. So I have a, I have terrible advice and a philosophy that I follow because I, I like to be risk adverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand the whole argument about value. I get just get a little frustrated though. When people talk about value, because at some point in time you have to compete. And then at other times too, depending on your league mates, all right, look, let's say four quarterbacks get drafted first round. Mm-hmm. There's like never been a class where all four guys have just been studs. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. And if I had to pick out one guy to fail, I think there's a very glaring answer to that question in the room. And it's Will Levis for me. And and even I, I read I read Daniel Jeremiah's write up on Will Levis today while he mocked him to like the 104. And I agreed <laughs> with his like I agree with his write up. I thought his write up was like nailed it. And I'm like, why are we mocking this guy at the 104? You literally just listed out how terrible he was. In this yeah. description. So I, I, I don't like to draft guys in the first or even early second with the mentality of I'm drafting them to trade them. Because what if you don't trade them? And then you're just stuck there holding the bag. You're stuck there, you're stuck there holding Zach Zach Wilson. You can't get rid of him. I'm stuck holding Trey Lance. I can't get rid of him now. Yeah, I think in the long run, I get that like drafting for value isn't always like your your smartest approach. I still think, you know, even with a back end first year, we've seen a lot of failed for back end first round picks as well that haven't worked out as well. And I think it, it's the time frame here as well. When the minute he gets drafted in the first round, if he does, you got a window here, like even in the preseason where you could flip if you're a contending team and you want to flip for an easy asset to help you for the upcoming year. I think that's potential. Like a lot of guys will, will trade on this guy. If they need somebody for their quarterback room, maybe you're not going to get amazing value, but still first round quarterback, I think has value here um, at the one on nine. And if he works out, you've hit gold because you, the late first round quarterback but i get what you're saying though drafting yeah. for value isn't always the best plan of attack so somebody has to be holding the bag man i just don't want it to be yeah me. yeah gotcha let's go into my 110 um 
I went here with my RB3 for, for this exercise. That's going to be Kendry Miller. I'm looking for that workhorse uh, role, a guy that can not only run it down the middle, but being used in pass pro, used as a receiver as well. Um, there's a lot of guys that have, I think there's quite a few guys that have high-end NFL traits, but as far as guys that have workhorse ability, I think that list is a little bit smaller. Um, and right now I have Kendry Miller. And 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 he's not, He's. I talked about my grades earlier. He's actually not graded as my RB3. I just had the most confidence with his age too. I'm taking the discount on age. There's not many question marks in this game. I think this is a safe pick. I'm hoping for the draft capital. Obviously, we'll we'll check in next week and see how it goes. But yeah. my RB three here, Kendry Miller, hoping that he has a workhorse uh, opportunity in front of him. Yeah, and I think this placement for him is with draft capital because I think that he's only going to go one ten in a league if he gets that day two draft capital as well. Then I'll then he becomes an option here. I think if he falls out of day two, we're not going to see him be touching the first round. Oh yeah, soon, no, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, definitely uh, expecting that here for him. Uh, so maybe a little bit kind of drafting out of ceiling, but yeah, it's still a nice pick there. I, I'm a huge Kendrick Miller fan. 111, I'm going with my other love in this class, Josh Downs, uh, wide receiver. I actually like him more than I like Jordan Addison, to be honest with you. And I get that Jordan Addison has a little maybe more lineup versatility. A guy who's played in the slot and outside as well has done some of those things. Josh Downs, only a slot guy. Again, something I talked about with JSN, though. We'll see if maybe he can be a guy who moves outside. Maybe I'm a little less confident in that, given like some of his stature and things. You know, kind of a smaller guy, a little bit more of a slender guy as well. Uh, could be more of a slot role type guy. But either way, I still picture him as a high-volume PPR guy out of the slot at the next level. Like, like I would love to see him in if Sterling Shepard could have ever stayed healthy for New, the New York Giants. If he could be in that high-volume role that Shepard was getting uh, with Daniel Jones at the quarterback. So maybe he's a New York Giants pick. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he would excel in that role. Somebody who can really um, deceive the defense in the middle of the field, get open, get open down the field too. This guy is really good at all three levels. So I really like Josh Downs. I think he's a little bit underrated uh, in this class. Everybody just kind of feels like he's just there. You know, I don't see him get talked about enough, to be honest. There's there's no reason why he shouldn't be above Zay Flowers, in my mind. I, just, I think he does everything Zay can do him better. Yeah, and then they're the same size. I don't care that Zay put on ten pounds. He didn't play with those extra ten pounds. He played at one seventy. So, whatever. I'm with you, Josh Downs. Yeah, Josh Downs. That's a good spot. Uh, with the one twelve, I took uh, a running back who was once debated as being the RB one with uh, Bijan Robinson, and I'm taking running back Zach Evans from Ole Miss. I don't think he has a vision issue. I think he has a violence issue. I love his change of direction when he's going full speed. Like he just doesn't need to slow down ever. I think he has great vision, great hands. I understand there's a durability concern, and I also understand that his weigh-in was very questionable. He came back and weighed in at 208 during his pro day, which was better, but the 202 was still a head-scratcher. should be addressed, should be mentioned, but we will find out more tomorrow. But besides that, I think he's I think he's a phenomenal player. I really do. I just think he'll save himself from the NFL. I just, like everybody else in the world, wish we could have seen him at least have one year of elite production. Yeah, I'm, I'm fading him a little bit. I have been just a little bit just because there's some red flags. There. I don't know if I could pick him in the first round, but I get it. I get why he's there. He used to be in here for me. He's probably like I'd maybe fit in one more running back before um, I, I decided to pick Evans, but still a, a fine spot for him. I don't think it's anything crazy. A 201 with a T with tight end premium. I'm going with the guy that I think is going to be the, the, the first tight end off the block, off uh, the board, and that's Mr. Michael Mayhem Mayer. Going or uh, coming from Notre Dame and hopefully landing in a spot like uh, Green Bay, maybe landing in a spot like Cincinnati, maybe landing in a spot like Dallas with with Schultz gone. So I think he could be an every down player. He's got that kind of skill set. He's going to be one of those guys like a TJ Hawkinson, I think, that walks on the field day one, ready to 
to to play and contribute. The the, the, the main difference is if he's going to be more like like Fryermuth athleticism wise yeah, that's or, what I was or of. yeah kind of be more like that than more like tj hawkinson who's probably a little more athletic but that might be like where his role kind of is either way still still a pretty decent pick for a tight end premium league yeah i love him anywhere between like the 109 and the two i think i think i even messaged you like do let's switch picks yeah <laughs> so, I, so I, I think i like that one a lot um with the 202 i picked what i feel like is the safest um running back pick yeah, which is the, the guy that i also the guy that I probably would take before I took Evans. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not confident on his ceiling. I don't think he's the athlete. I'm talking about UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet. He has a complete skill set, kind of how I mentioned with Kendrick Miller. I just don't think he does anything super elite. I do think that as a runner, I don't think people give enough credit to UCLA's uh, offensive line. I just thought that was a very elite line, created a lot of space for him. And then, you know, dealing with the secondary in the Pac-12, like a guy his size, no big deal. I mean, he can drag those guys all day. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's he's got a complete skill set as a pass catcher. I think he's very good at dump offs. He's not really great at running routes, but again, I mean, doesn't really matter for PPR. So, um, and then great in pass pro. He's a fine runner. He's an every down back for me. So I, I think he's a workhorse. I'm just worried about what his ceiling is because he's not he's not a Saquon level athlete. Uh, he's he's not that level of athlete. But for like the tenth time, I think he's like the safest to be fancy productive. <laughs> like it's not like everyone can see it. So. Okay, I'll head over to 203 here. And I'm going to take a guy that I'm, I've am i been higher on through his entire career. Um, and I'm, I've am i always been shocked at the kind of level of love he's getting now. And But I, I, like, I see the flashes and stuff. It just hasn't been consistent enough for me to understand where the first round hype is coming from. But either way, getting him here at the 2.3 for a guy who's going to be possibly a first-round wide receiver um, is pretty good. And I'm talking about Zay Flowers at a Boston College, guy who's really suffered from from poor situation over there as well, poor quarterback play. But not a guy who's perfect himself, guy who suffered with some drops, guy who is, has suffered with some play strength as well. It's a little bit soft and stuff. But one of the most electric movers in open space in this class, maybe in the past few classes, maybe since like Kadarius Tony, you know what I mean? Like some a, a guy who's really flew in the open field. And I think that's what teams are looking for. I think that's where a lot of the love comes from. And very versatile guy pretty much played the X role for Boston college. I still see things I want him to improve on. Um, but if he's going to get first round draft capital at 2.3, I'm glad to take him here. Yeah. So my next pick here, me and Corey switch role from taking on the running backs. He's taking all the wire receivers. Yeah. It's bullshit. I, I take, I'm <laughs> taking a guy that I think is, is underrated. Um, I really do. I think Sean Tucker running back out of Syracuse is underrated. I know he's soft. I fully admit that he's soft, but I, I think his, his acceleration is insane. I think his acceleration is insane. I think he can beat guys around the edge. I think it's a pass catcher. I think he's, I mean, what is he, like behind Gibbs for me probably as far as being a, like the second best pass catching weapon out here. He has the requisite size. Now what confuses me is that on his bench press yesterday for his pro day, he put up 29 reps. Hmm. He's strong. Dude, what's your problem, man? Like run down the middle. Like, yeah. I, so I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but like, that's my only real question mark in this game is him running down the middle. So everything else though, I think he does actually at a very elite high level. I think he's a phenomenal yak threat. I think he's, he's great in the open space. Um, very slippery, not really much of a tackle, but he's slippery. Uh, so I'm taking Sean Tucker here at the two Oh four. It feels like a really, it feels appropriate. It feels appropriate. It feels like a, a fine spot to take. Feels a little bit early to me still. And I'll be honest with you. I like when I graded because this often, like, I'll be honest with you, dude, I think physicality is a big deal at the next level. I it's really number, do. It's the number one trait. It's the it number is. one trait to me. Yeah. So it's, if you can't take those goal line touches or run down the middle, like, that's like yeah. the number one job. 
So if he's missing that, and now we're talking about these rumors of a heart issue, which I understand he he, he did the pro day, everything he's been cleared. But here's, yeah. here's how it reads to me, right? Heart issue he didn't know he had was uncovered at the combine. While they're finding out more information about it, he's off. Like he can't, I don't want you practicing. I don't want to be liable for you at my combine. As a school, I don't want to be liable for you at my pro day until we figure out what's going on. Okay, got it figured out a little bit. Now he realizes he could he's safe to do a pro day. Then he does the pro day. But there's still reports out there that this could be a, a long-term issue. Is this something that's going to pop up again further down the line? Is this something that's going to need to be monitored? Are teams going to want to take that dive on a running back with a, with a, a class as deep as this? Are they going to want to be worrying about that or whatever? If they do, I'm thinking it's going to be day three or even later. He had like, what, four teams show up to his day or his, his uh, pro day as well? So not a ton of love going for this guy. He's he dropped down considerably for me. I'd probably think about him more around the back end of the two. Um, for me, I'm going to my guy that I like around this area. Both these guys kind of polarizing guys in this class. We've been following them for so long in Debbie, but I'm going to tank Bigsby here at Auburn at 205. A guy who has that physicality, who maybe doesn't bring the athleticism that Sean Tucker does, but a guy who feels like maybe he has a higher floor than Sean Tucker would. Um, I just, I love the physicality. I love what he can bring to a team. I think he had a pretty bad situation there at Auburn where he really didn't get to show himself to look like the freshman guy that we saw, but 205 here feels like a good, uh, a good ch- uh, spot for him. And I think he's going to be a day two pick, probably round three, if I had to guess. Yeah, I like Tank as well. I I think he's. We talk about like quarterbacks and being damaged goods. Like uh, Carson Wentz, for example, went from being an MVP caliber guy to like just being a, a super poor quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. I I think that's almost the same narrative for Tank Bigsby. I think his team is so bad that he became overly patient. Like I always see him waiting for the hole to open up. Like he wants to make that home run, fifty yard play to get his team, his horrible team, back in the game. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I think he doesn't know how to take the short area yardage that he's given and he's looking for like that big open hole. So I, I think he's developed some, well, we'll find out pretty soon, but I think he's developed yeah. more <laughs> habits. Um, but he has a lot of the traits and tools to be like another high end RB. So yeah, I, I like, I like your analysis there. I think he's, I think he's day two as well. Uh, over at the two Oh six, I went with the guy I mentioned for the bets earlier, Keishon Boutte. I do have to preface this though uh Keishon Boutte for me if he goes in the second if he goes in the early third I'm in if he goes like fourth fifth round I'm not taking him here I'm just yeah. I'm just not I'm not gonna take him here um so I'm hedging here at the 206 I I, I want Keishon Boutte I there's not a lot of I listed off the top three that I feel confident being fancy relevant the next level Keishon Boutte is kind of like the end of that list for me uh once he's like he's like a fourth or fifth guy there so I, I, I'm hoping that he returns to that form. Uh, the NFL draft will tell me if if NFL teams also believe that he possibly can return to that form. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of worried about – I'm waiting to see how much the NFL is going to invest in him, and we'll find out again here this week. So Keishon Boutte for me at the 206, he's either going to be a stud or he's going to be a nobody. I don't think there's any in between. It's one of the two. <laughs> I don't know. You pretty much found six ways to say the same thing, which is pretty impressive, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, enough about Boutte. I'll go into my 207. This is another guy who can be pretty short on. We talked about him a little bit when we were doing the draft challenge. Izzy Abanaconda here at 207. I just think that there's upside here. And that's really what it's about. It's the youth. It's the athleticism. It's it's what I think he could become because I don't think he's a finished product right now, especially as a runner. I think he has a little bit of a ways to go, but I think he can become a little more next level. Last year was really the first year we saw him really get a full year under his belt as a starter. Um, but I think that's going to lead to some pretty good draft capital. So is he a here at two Oh seven? 
I take the very last receiver I truly believe in, Cedric Tillman, uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. from Tennessee. The best Tennessee wide receiver, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know or doesn't want to admit it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's got some I think he's got some Michael Thomas Pittman ability in him. I, I think he's that caliber of player. He's on that spectrum. Uh, he was hurt this year. Uh, he had a phenomenal fourth year. He was a low-level recruit. It's a busy scene over there at Tennessee. They got superstars like Bayless Jones, and uh, that he has to wait his turn behind. But um, 152 yards against Alabama, 200 yards against Georgia. I might have had those two games mixed up, but he, he, he was he was phenomenal going into year four. So, Cedric Tillman here at the 208, one of the few alpha size wide receivers here. I think his value gets pushed up in the NFL draft. Give me the big man. Yeah, I like that pick. Always been a Tillman fan. Um, I agree with you. Best wide receiver at Tennessee at 209. I'm going to take probably the most polarizing running back in this in this entire draft, at least at the top of the draft. And that's Devon Chain, uh, the guy who has all the speed in the world. But we question what his role is really going to be at the NFL level because is he going to be a guy who can run between the tackles consistently? Is he going to be a guy who can get a high volume role enough to create those fantasy points? I'll admit that that's a worry for me. But this is a guy who actually ran between tackles pretty good in college. Like, if there was one guy to kind of bet on to be able to do it, it it, it could be this guy. But hopefully the pass-catching talent will be enough to at least be uh, supply enough points in, in PPR leagues to to warrant a pick here at 209. I feel like the the risk is, is mitigated here a bit, letting him reach the 209. So I like this area for him. I think even when we did a mock draft, like, I want to say like a month or two ago, I, this was almost the exact same area I took him. And I just think it's a perfect spot considering his risk and his upside. Like if he does become the next Jamal Charles, if he does become the next CJ, CJ 2K, this is the type of guy who can do it, but there's a downside that he's nothing as well. So 209 Devon, a chain. Uh, and I like it here. Yeah. I think he's a pass catching back. I, we might be co-hosts, but I disagree on his running ability down the middle. So, okay. so I, I I, I think I think he gets involved though. Like I, I think he's he's certainly gonna be involved in the offense he touches. I just think it's more rotational. But at the two ten, I take a guy that's uh, got a, he's got a pretty good following. I'm taking Roshan Johnson, running back from Texas. I, he's like the last of the Mohicans. No, he's the last. He's <laughs> he's the last uh, workhorse running back for me in this class. I think he has a complete skill set. I just don't think he's really athletically gifted. He's just very average. Um, so he's one of those guys I don't think gets drafted early because he doesn't really have high-end traits. He just does everything well. So I think he's one of those day three guys that will fall into a phenomenal situation, and I'm in. And this is probably where I'm going to draft him. This is very similar to the Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, all mm-hmm. those guys that I don't think are athletically talented, but they showcase a complete skill set and like good enough to get it done. Good enough to get it done, not good enough to put the team on their back. So Roshan Johnson, the 210. Even if he's day three, by the way, I think this is probably where I'm going to take him. Yeah, I think, that, again, we kind of bump heads with our last two picks here because Roshan Johnson, I just don't see that level. Like Algier, I thought was a good runner. I don't. Roshan Johnson just looks clunky to me, man. That's the term that I keep coming back to every mm-hmm. time I watch him. It's just clunky. Like he just like the footwork is is really bad sometimes. Like I get the big size, some of the athleticism, not like a, he's a freak or anything like that. But I don't know. I'm just not buying into Roshan Johnson as much as other people are. I'm I'm. I'll be okay with missing on him, I think. But at 211, I'm going to head over to my tight end two in this class. And a guy that I think will probably could probably go earlier in this draft, depending on where he goes, especially in tight end premium leagues. Like 211 feels pretty far down if he does end up a first-round uh, tight end. But that's Dalton Kincaid um, out of Utah there. I think he's probably the best receiving threat as a tight end in this class, better than Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is probably the more all-around guy. But yeah, Kincaid here at 211 feels like a great spot for him. I talked uh, poorly about values earlier. 
talking about drafting guys to trade. I'm drafting this guy to trade him. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, uh, wide receiver from Tennessee. Uh, Belindikoff winner, um, overhyped by people that don't watch enough football. Uh, but I, I, I think he gets drafted in the second. And I don't think anyone really uh, debates that fact, honestly. So I, I think he goes drafted there. I'm not confident in, in his uh, fantasy development. Um, but as soon as I draft him, this is almost the same spot where I drafted Kadarius Tony, by the way, like years ago. And mm. I flipped him immediately for seconds into next year's class. I picked on the lower team guys. But, yeah, so I, I try to flip him immediately. This is going to be one of those players I pick to trade. Okay, and at 301 here, now we're starting the third round. We're, all, we're getting a little long in the tooth here on the show. Let's try to speed round through this one. So 301 here, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker, just a guy that I think in a super flex quarterback league, this guy's got late first round buzz, late second buzz. He could go to one of those teams like a Seattle, like a Detroit, where maybe he can sit under a guy, not be not have to play right away, and maybe become the guy there. I think there is some intriguing tools there, at least take a shot in the third round. Yeah, well, he only reads half the field, but that's okay. I'll go on to uh, – <laughs> I'll go, I'll go on to the 302, a guy that I've been high on this offseason and has a really weird, really, really weird surgence recently. Uh, Mingo. Jonathan Mingo has been athletically mm-hmm. great. He's He's got that great size. He's never put it together, though, in college. He's inconsistent, disappears. But the offseason, he showed a full route tree at the Senior Bowl. He showed phenomenal footwork at the Senior Bowl, actually, in one-on-one ability. Uh, and then even capped off with a phenomenal combine performance. I, I think he played his way up to day two draft capital. Um, I, I think here in the third round, you get just kind of that's kind of my guy territory, and, and that's where I had Mingo at, at my guy. Yeah, especially towards the back end of this round, we start getting into my guy territory a little bit. But I'm going to go with one more guy that I think could probably get some draft capital. A guy that we both probably haven't loved through this process that much, and I still kind of feel that way, but tested amazingly at the combine. Probably going to get some decent capital. That's Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Um, we'll, we'll see what kind of role he's going to play. Cause he, for some reason his testing doesn't match his tape all that much to me. Um, so I'll be interested to see how it plays at the NFL level, but Marvin Mims here at three feels like a, like a good spot for him. Yeah. I think he's a stretch slot. And besides, besides Marquise Brown, we just haven't seen that much success out of those type of positions. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. His, his athletics did not match the tape here. I take, I take a favorite for a lot of people, not for us. Uh, so this yeah, is I wanted probably, him to, I should, I wish I, I, I almost wish I would have taken him, but yeah, okay. I probably should take him a few pictures. I probably should take him before Mingo, yeah. but, uh, Tajay Spears here, at the three Oh four. There are people that think he's a day two guy. Uh, I just want to say this G five running backs. The last one to get taken day two was Darrington Evans. And that was the third round. And he was also being called the next Alvin Kamara. That was three years ago. <laughs> so uh, G five guys just don't get, the same love. And this guy also has a medical history too. He's got, is it one or two ACLs? You know, off top two of ACLs, I think two, if I yeah, two, yeah. two ACLs. Now he definitely bounced back. He looks healthy and healed. Um, but I'm not really sure how much of an investment teams want to take into him. So I think he's an early fourth round running back, um, but I'm hedging here a little bit, taking him to the three Oh four and we'll check back in next week on that one. You know who, I, who I've been kind of like thinking he's going to be now. And not like, I think their career arcs are all this, that similar. Um, this guy uh, did a little bit more at the college level as well, but that's Kenny, Kenneth Gainwell. Like I wonder if that could yeah, be his dude, role. He's yeah. undersized too. He should be a pass catching back. I don't think yeah. he does well down the middle. I think he does well behind the line. He's a poor and pass pro. I saw that at the senior bowl as well. Like yeah. he's great even, in space. Great but we even saw, like, and we even saw Kenneth Gainwell flash a little bit, even in the last playoffs. Like he could be that kind of player who does a little bit of that, but it's probably never going to have like a consistent role, I think, at yeah. the NFL level. But anyways, I'll go on to my 305 here. Uh, a wide receiver that definitely got a lot more love earlier in the process. Seems to have slowed down a little bit now, but that's Rasheed Rice out of SMU, guy that has the size, guy that has um, 
a lot of things going for him, a good, a good hands, um, good route running ability, maybe not the most athletic guy, maybe not the quickest guy in and out of his breaks, but a good all-around player, a guy that I feel like is, uh, again, probably more of like a wide receiver too for a team, you know, maybe a little bit of like a Gabriel Davis, Davis to him, like that kind of type of player. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that, what, where he gets drafted now, because I mean, he was getting round one buzz earlier in the off season, but I don't think that's where he's going to end up. I could, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's around three guy now, but at three Oh five, I like his upside here. At the 306, I went a little little uh, – we were drinking. It was the weekend, so uh, this pick was made <laughs> in good conscience. But I, I wanted to pick a tight end. Uh, I'm, t- I'm picking Tucker Craft here. Uh, tight end three off the board here. It's tight end premium, so I really do feel like we'll pick a lot more tight ends once we get a little bit more clarity. Yeah, um, We're just not confident in almost any of these guys outside of uh, the top two. Uh, Tucker Craft from South Dakota State University had a scholarship. He had an offer to hit the portal, NIL money, go to Alabama, didn't do it. Um, I don't know why. I don't I don't know any of that. But I just know that Alabama thought he was good enough to play in the SEC at the top of collegiate competition. He also had a phenomenal combine. So Tucker Craft, Mystery Box, 306. Yeah, perfect, perfect spot to take him here. And again, yeah, we're probably going to see a little more tight ends uh, once we figure out where they land. 307, I'm going with the guy who ran the fast 40 at the combine. Um, like you were saying earlier, usually uh, – these guys hop into the uh, day two area just because they ran the fastest. <laughs> we'll see. I do think that he has a little bit more to his game. I know you went back on the tape as well, kind of talked to me a little bit, saying that you saw a little bit more than you gave him credit for. I also agree with that guy that was kind of stuck at LSU behind a lot of big names there. Broke out when he finally got uh, away to Nebraska and became the number one guy there. Guy who runs a 4-3-3. So, I mean, I, I think speed kills. The NFL is going to love it. Going to be a, I think he's going to be a day two pick. But I still think this is going to kind of be where his draft capital is going to be. Maybe somewhere in like the back second, depending on if somebody just loves because they, they see that day two capital. But, yeah, this is probably going to be the area regardless of where he gets drafted. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think he peaks as a flex value potentially for mm-hmm. fantasy. But, uh, you know, not not like a top three, top four guy in your roster. Um, at the 308, I go back to the tight end. Well, I take Darnell Washington. This is one of those guys I'm taking a trade to, by the way. I think he has the draft capital. I think he's physically uh, just a beast. Um, but at some point in time, you have to actually just, you know, if you take away the size and the speed aspect of it and just focus on what his actual speed is, he's not that much. He's not that special. Anyway. I don't think he's a fancy stud, probably won't be, probably going to be an NFL stud, but I think people will value him higher than he should be. Tiny is getting boosted up every year, dude, every year. Talking about Adam Troutman, you know, Cole, and Irv Smith, dude. Tiny is getting overvalued. Corey, give us your, your 309. All right, hanging down to the back half here, getting into my guy territory, and I'm going to start it right off the bat. I truly believe part of my philosophy, at least getting into the back end of drafts, you got to just start hammering some running backs. Some of them just hop up because of injuries. Sometimes they just have better situations. You never really know what's going to happen. So I'm going with a guy that I've liked a little more through the process than a lot of other guys, a guy that I feel like can do a little bit of it all, and that's Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. So we'll see what kind of draft capital he's going to get. I, I'm pretty sure he's a day three guy regardless, but he has enough of a complete skill set that I think he can get on the field. At the 310, I pick Chris Rodriguez. I think Chris Rod is is one of the better bruisers in the draft. SEC. I think he might get sneaky draft capital, but I'm not really like, super confident about that. I just do think he has a role at the next level. Um, maybe a handcuff, and then you can flip him for value, but probably not much more than that. Corey, finish us off with your final pick. All right. Sorry to anybody who's hearing this, but I do have a screaming kid in the background, but I'll just give you my last pick here before I get out of here. And that's Chase Brown again, hammering the running back position, a guy who had an amazing year last year. 
don't I think he's gone up and down in in kind of his value this offseason was kind of a little bit higher earlier in the season but I think the more people have looked I think they've seen some of the deficiencies in his game maybe a little bit soft as well for the type of player he is really got boosted by that offensive line at Illinois as well where he was running through a lot of open holes so um but still I like him here at 311 and and we'll see what kind of draft capital he gets at the 312 I left it blank I left it blank because I want the viewers to insert your favorite guy that we didn't pick and you just think we are just two kooks out here that don't know who to get picked. So at the 312, I want all the listeners to mentally just put in your favorite player that we have not touched yet. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. And once again, check out everything Camp Scan is doing. We have, we're doing a live NFL show. We are also dropping the Debbie Guide May 1st. We have a new podcast coming out. I shouldn't say new. It's coming back. It's the Future Freshman Podcast. We have just so much content coming out here, guys. Please rate and review the show if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy it, if you sat through 145, or sorry, 100, oh my gosh, one hour and 45 minutes of this podcast, and you don't enjoy it, you should probably just rate and review it anyway at that point because you're, you're pretty committed. But guys, once again, thanks for joining us. Join us next week. We are going to be doing another mock draft, compare and contrast. We'll get some short-term uh, situation kind of analysis because we like to look at stuff in two to three-year windows. Thanks for sticking around from Corey and from Mike. Good night and good luck.